0: Let's say our mission statement together as a church. Can we do that? What are we here to do? We're here to take as many people to heaven as we can before we die, period. That's what we're all about, a church unlimited. Wow, we have a completely full house today. Thanks for coming to church today. Great to have you guys here. It's exciting. Thanks for joining us today. I want to encourage you if you feel like it's a little uncomfortable, a little tight, guess what? There's room at the other hours. I don't know if you knew that, but we have a little more room at the 1 o'clock. At the 6 p.m. on Sunday nights as well as Saturday night, 6 p.m. I want to encourage you to come. In fact, honestly, we want to thank you for coming today. Would you do us a favor and help out? I normally don't ask this because I normally don't have to ask this. I'm actually glad I have to ask this today. But can I get a couple hundred of you to commit to next week coming Saturday night at 6 p.m.? Raise your hand if you know you could do it. You're like, yeah, I could do that, Pastor. It's not a big deal. I could sleep in for you, for Jesus. I'll sleep in and go Saturday night. Hold your hand high. Would you do that? I need some more hands than that. Would you hold your hands high? Thank you. Give these people a hand. Thank you for making that move for us. That's a huge help. It really is. We're grateful for that. Obviously, since it comes out Saturday and you can't make it, we still want you to come to church, so please still come, but if you could consider doing that, really does help us. What a great problem to have. I'm excited uh, to know that we need to do that at all of our campuses. If it's a little tight at your campus, we'll encourage those campus pastors also to lead you to do the same thing, to go to one of the hours that there's a little more room in, and so again, we just want to say thank you uh, for making that move to help us make room for more people to come into the church, and so we're grateful for that. You know, today I'm excited to introduce to you our word for the year. Our word for the year is based upon uh, Joel chapter 3, verse 9. Not Joel Osteen 3, 9, but Joel as in the Bible. I mean, I love Joel, but that's not what it's going to be. Do you receive it? I know you do. See, it's the blinking of the eyes. That's the key. It says, watch TV. Watch me. Watch me. That's the key. Okay, so just a joke. Joel's my friend. I do love him. He's a godly man because he believes in the rockets just like I do because he's from Houston. Okay. Joel 3, verse 9. That's our key verse, actually. Check this out. It says, Say to the nations far and wide, get ready for war. Call out your best warriors. Let all your fighting men advance for the attack. Our word for the year is advance. I believe God spoke this in my spirit a couple months ago that we are this year to advance rapidly in whatever God is leading us to do, that he wants you to level up. Advance also means that you go to the next level. It means that you rapidly take new ground. And I am believing God for this next year, this is not a sermon, this is a prophecy, that this is your year to advance. I believe that. I truly do. Now let me warn you of one thing in Matthew chapter 11 that explains something about advancement. Let me explain how this works though. It says and from the time John the Baptist began preaching until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing, but what comes with it? And violent people are attacking it. You need to know if you begin to take new ground, you're going to get attacked. It's like a wide receiver playing in the football game when they line up on the line. The moment that the quarterback hikes the ball, right? The moment that he gets the ball and they start to run that play, the moment he crosses the line in enemy territory, what's the first thing that happens? Bam, he gets popped. He takes a hit. But you notice the good wide receivers don't stop and go, hey, he hit me. No, you get the hit and then you run your route. You just know going in, that's part of it, is that you get hit and then run your route. Do what God called you to do, even if you're taking a hit. Don't let hits from people's criticism, people hurting your feelings, people betraying you, something happened to you, don't let those hits stop you from the will of God. This is your year to advance. Take the hit, get going. Get going. God has more for you, so you got to learn to take the hit. You know what? That's, that's just like the devil. To do that, The enemy, there's a spiritual enemy. His name is the devil. He wants to stop you, and he will always pop you when you start taking new ground. Why? He's trying to convince you not to do that again. But you know what? That's a sign you should do it again. And so, in fact, next week we're starting a brand new series about the devil called The Devil Made Me Do It. You're not going to want to miss this series. Let me just tell you right now, guys, do not miss next week. We're going to unpack some amazing things. I'm excited about the series. In fact, next week's question I'm going to answer is, can a demon attach itself to a Christian? People ask that question, right? Can that happen? What do you do if that happens, right? And so be sure to be here next week as we unpack that. We're going to be talking about things like what's up with Ouija boards and is there anything to those movies that seem demonic? You know, what about our music you listen to? What about, you know, you ever walked in a room and you felt evil? What do you do if that happens? You ever felt like evil's in your kids' lives? How do you get rid of that? And so we're going to unpack all that and more. You do not want to miss the series, The Devil Made Me Do It. You are going to want to be here. I'm going to talk very candidly and openly about when I have personally experienced evil in my life and when I have evil. Had to deal with a demon before directly and the devil directly. Some of you are like, whoa, 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 whoa. that actually happens? Yes, it does. And I'm gonna unpack that. We're gonna talk about why is it that certain things seem to happen when you start to go to sleep? What is up with that? Some of you understand what I'm talking about. What is it about these night terrors that I have? And so we're gonna unpack all that and more. And why is it that the moment you try to do something good, something bad happens? The devil's attacking you. And so we're gonna unpack that, and how do you deal with that? Not only do I want to challenge you to be here, I want to challenge you to bring a friend. And here's the thing I've learned. You say, well, that may freak out a lost person, someone that's not a Christian. Actually, they're more interested in it than you. That's why they dabble in it like fools not realizing what they're dabbling in. Because they're interested in it. So I want to encourage you to bring your friends and your family to this event. Bring them. Definitely bring your kids. Because they don't even realize that they're being used by the enemy. They don't even know what's happening. And so we're going to talk about all that and more. I'm going to talk about the most insidious way that the devil uses Christians. We're gonna talk about the most insidious way. In fact, I'm gonna actually prove to you how the devil's involved in terrorist attacks as well as mass shootings. We're gonna show you how I can prove to you uh, with evidence from those shootings and from those attacks that the devil's involved. You don't wanna miss this series, guys, I'm telling you. It's gonna be very powerful. Starts next week. In fact, do me a favor right now. All across all of our campuses, would you please pull out your phone? Everyone, please pull out your phone real quick. Would you do that? And as you pull out your phone, would you go ahead and open up Facebook? Would you do that? If you got Facebook on your phone, open that up. All the young people were like, Facebook. That's so old. <laughs> okay, fine. Go to Instagram then. Whatever you use. Okay, it's fine. Twitter, Snapchat, whatever. Okay, but open up Facebook if you've got it. Would you do that right now? We're going to put on split screen for you to go to your campus's Facebook page. We have different ones for all different campuses. Go to your campus Facebook page right now. Then when you get there, do me a favor. Uh, open your Facebook app. Search for your campus Facebook page, uh, and then at that point, find the "Devil Made Me Do It" post. It should be right there in front. Uh, on on our Facebook pages, okay? Find the Devil Made Me Do It post, and would you do me a favor right now and like it and share it? Would you do that right now? It just takes a second. Like it and share it. We're going to get the word out rapidly. Think about if everyone at all of our campuses does this right now. Think about that. That's going to immediately trend locally. Right? People are be like, what's up with this? What's going on with this? Let's get people talking about this. I want to encourage you to talk about it. In fact, if you have questions, would you please post on our Facebook page any questions you have about the devil or demons? We want to hear your questions. I want to answer your questions in this series. Is that cool? So please let me know as well. Please do that. Please post about that. And all week long, would you talk about it? Just talk it up with your friends and your family. And I want to encourage you to do that because let's be social media evangelists together, okay? Thank you for doing that. You can put your phone back up. And uh, thank you for, for doing that. No, no, put your phone back up. No, no, right now. Put your, right, right now. Oh, I feel like I'm talking to my daughter right now. Like right now. Like right now, I'm in. Like right this second. Okay, so, okay. So pull, pull your notes back out. I want to challenge you with this. Number one, God wants his people to advance. But this is important. Number two, this is your year to break barriers because there's always a barrier in the way of you advancing. That's why we oftentimes don't, because we think, oh, I can't advance. It costs too much to do this. It's going to cost too much to do that. It's going to be too difficult. It's going to, what are people going to think of me? And we always have a reason why we're not advancing. But it's time to get past that reason and realize that reason, that barrier that you feel like is holding you back, is meant to be leaped right over. You can actually leap over your barrier with the power of God. It says in Psalms 18, verse 29, with you I can attack a barrier, and with my God I can leap over a wall. Isn't that cool? That wall was not meant to stop you that's in front of you. You're meant to leap right over that wall. Whatever the barrier is, leap right over it. My boss is difficult. Leap right over your boss. How do you do that? You you start to become the best employee in the whole place, and even if your boss doesn't know this, someone else will. Leap them right? I'm dealing with this difficulty in the office. People are talking. Leap right over their careers. You can do it. By what? Focus. Focus and applying what you know. If you'll do that alone, you'll leap right over them. You, you say, I, I'm dealing with difficulty in, in, in school. Leap right over that difficulty by studying more, getting involved, getting organized, focusing your time. Guess what? You can leap it. God wants you to leap right over what's holding you back. Check out this video. I thought, let's put it together real quick. I asked my video team, show us some guys that do some leaping. Check this out. These are running backs who just leap right over their opponent. Is that not amazing? Right over the, into the goal. Look at that. That's incredible right here. I just think I pulled my back watching that happen. That's incredible. Look at that. He leaps right over his opponent. You were not meant to be stopped. You were meant to leap right over your opponent. <laughs> Go right over him. Some of your opponents are easy to leap over because they've taken the moral low grounds. You just take the high ground and leap right over them. Don't worry about it. They pop off at you. You keep your mouth closed and just jump. And you know what? You will go right over the top. God has more for you. It's time to leap the wall. It's time to get through the barrier, break it, go around it, go over it, get through it. You have more in you. This is your year to advance. This is your opportunity. Someone get excited in the house of God because this is your time. This is your moment. Pastor, will be woke today. No, it's the Holy Spirit. God has more for you, so how do we actually do this? I want to give you two things that God told me. This is such a powerful thing. He gave me this months ago to bring to you. I've shared this with with handfuls of people in small groups. I want to now share it with the entire church. Here's what God told me. Number three, the church is to rapidly expand and grow in two different ways. The church is to rapidly expand. That's how you advance. You rapidly expand. So, So what do we need to expand to do? Now, when I say the church... Quit thinking about just the whole body, like the whole big church, right? It means, oh, we're going to build a building and we're going to have more people. That's true too, but guess what? That's not what I mean by rapidly expand. I mean you are to rapidly expand your life, your career, your influence, your opportunities. You're supposed to expand your real estate holdings, your investments, your new territory salespeople, your opportunities in school. You're supposed to personally advance your life because when you grow, the kingdom of God grows too. He wants you to grow. So, Two ways. Two ways is going to happen. Here's the first one. By the members stepping into increase of their influence and their affluence. Of their influence, that means people listen to you because you got it going on this year. People looking at you going, man, I don't know what got into you, but there's something bigger going on in you. And so they, they listen to you, They you have influence. And then affluence, what does that mean? It means God wants to bless you in a financial way, as well as other opportunities. I believe this sincerely. You say, well, I just think that's all about me and about money. No, it's not. It's about you making a bigger impact, you making a bigger, bigger difference. And so how can you make a large impact? I'm just going to be honest with you. Most of the time, broke people don't do a lot for other people. You know why? They can't. They're barely making it. I'm not trying to be offensive. I'm just trying to tell you right now that I think you're supposed to be a blessing to your family. You're supposed to be a blessing to your community. Supposed to be a blessing to your church. Supposed to be a blessing to this world. And the truth is, the larger your influence and affluence becomes, the bigger impact you can make. Please don't make it all about you. Make sure you earn way more than you need so you can help other people. It's why you want it. I want to challenge you to take this as a drive from God saying, this is your opportunity. If you'll just do it for the right reasons, God will do great things to you. Look at Genesis 8.22. How do you do it? Here's how you do it. As long as the earth remains, there will be planting and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night. It says there will always be planting and harvest. So how do you get a better harvest this year? Plant something different. You got to do something different. You want a different result. You got to plant something different. Man, I want a new harvest in my relationship. Then date differently. Probably throw out the way you've been dating because that's not working anyways, Right? And so you got to harvest differently. You know there's only one plant that actually grows without having a season? Did you know that? There's only one plant that you can harvest without having a season. See, by the way, all farmers get frustrated because the season always takes longer than they want. And they got to keep watering and keep cultivating and keep watering. They're like, oh, when is this finally going to be able to harvest, right? It always takes longer. And anything worth anything in life is going to take longer than you think. It's going to take longer than you think to find the right relationship. Well, I can't find the right one, so I'll just pick a wrong one. Yeah, guess what? You're going to get a bad bad harvest from that. You're going to get a terrible harvest from that. You say, well, but I'm just going to jump in this relationship and jump in the sack because I think they're really hot and somehow they think I'm hot, and so we're going to do this. Guess what? You're going to harvest the wrong thing. The only kind of plant that does not need a a long season to be able to have the right harvest is a weed. And some of you right now, you got weed relationships because you held your soul back and threw your body towards someone. You need do the exact opposite. Hold your body back, throw your soul towards someone. And you'll begin to connect emotionally with someone, spiritually with someone. If you look at me like it's a foreign concept, like spiritually with someone, then that already tells me you are in some jacked up weeds. <laughs> and let me tell you something about weeds. They get in the way of the good plants. Well, I'm just going to kind of ignore this area of my life, but other good areas are going on. No, the weeds will eventually choke out the good things too. So if you don't pull some weeds, you're going to have a mess on your hands. And so understand that you've got to be willing to pull some weeds. Some, some relationships need to go. Some people hang out with need to go. Some habits you're doing need to go. If you don't clear that stuff out, you're never going to enter the right relationship, never going to enter the right career, never going to get into the right opportunities. Pull some weeds. But you got to plant something different if you want a different result. I tell, my, I tell my own children, I said, hey, if you're going to go on a date, pray with them before you go on a date. They're like, pray? I'm like, yes. That seems seems crazy. It seems crazy to the wrong girl. seems right to the right girl. Set the mood to the whole date right now. We're going to honor God. Just set it up right there. You know, if you do that from the beginning, it changes everything. You know, if you are wanting to change things in your office, then close the door in your office and just say, God, I'm going to commit my time to you. And every minute I'm working, I'm going to make sure I'm honoring you and lay out a time clock beside you. Just do 15 minute increments of the entire day. And then simply mark off every 15 minutes, set a little timer. What did you do in that last 15 minutes? And just see how productive you are. It will scare you how they're even still paying you. If you look at how you're using your time. Let's just be honest here, right? Right? It will terrify you if your boss saw that. So then, if you say, every 15 minutes, I'm gonna be working. I'm going to get something done. I'm going to focus on the task at hand. I want exactly what my boss told me to do. You will quickly leap in your workplace. You will leap over other employees. You will leap towards your destiny. You will be running the place in no time if you'll begin to think about what you're doing while you're there. I'm telling you right now, plant your time right in what you're doing. Plant your efforts right. Plant your life in a different way, and you'll get a different result. Do you want a different result? Do something different so you get a different result. Speaking of that, God really stirred in me to go into the Psalms at the beginning of this year. So I've been doing that. That's different for me. Normally I dive into Proverbs and I read the one-year Bible too, but I always go into the Proverbs. I just said, you know, I've been doing that for years. I'm going to change it up. I'm going to go into Psalms. Wow, it's been so fresh. It's been so good. And here's something God gave me. Psalms 2 verse 8. Only ask and I will give the nations as your inheritance, the whole earth as your possessions. What does this mean? The first thing that we're going to rapidly expand it is by members stepping into your increase, your influence in your affluence. And then the second part is by the members reaching out and bringing their friends and family to church. This is where collectively as a church we say we want to reach out and bring people new into God's house. If you had the cure to cancer, would you keep it to yourself? I mean, could there be a more selfish thing to do to keep cancer, say, you know, I got this one vial, and if I just take this myself, I'll be cured, I'll be good. I don't need to tell anybody, they won't even know. I'll just cure myself, and I'm good. That would be the most selfish thing you could ever do. When it costs you nothing, it doesn't hurt you to take that same vial of medicine and say, please get this to the right scientists, right, the right doctors, to multiply this Then I'll have some too, and everyone else in the world could be cured of cancer too. Would that not be amazing if we could cure that? Well, you have the cure to this life. His name is Jesus, and he has saved you from your sin. He has resurrected your life, your relationships, your entire world. And so why would you keep that to yourself when you can share that with everyone around you? I want to encourage you. Tell others about the gospel. Tell others about Jesus. And the best way to do this is if you say, I don't know the right word, just say, I don't know how to do that. Here's what you do. You invite them to church. Amen. This isn't complicated. You just simply say, will you come to church with me? You bring them to church. Here's what I want you to do. Please write this down. So number three is the church is to rapidly expand. Number four is this. Do something for God to bless. Do something now for God to bless. Oh, I want God to bless, you know, my career. Do something now for it then. Start Start tomorrow. When you go to work, change what you do. If you don't change what you do, nothing's gonna change about your job you got to change. If you don't change how you work, change your attitude, change your approach, change how you handle your day, how you handle that big project, how you handle dealing with other people. If you don't change all that, nothing's going to change. And so what are you going to do differently? Real quickly, I want you to write down two things. This is where it gets personal. This is between you and the Lord right now. See, God has called me to be the messenger, but now the Holy Spirit's going to catch what I'm saying, and he's going to deliver it to you in a different way. Here it is. Here's the question I want to ask you right now. What is your, what is your personal move you're going to make? Personally make one bold move now, to expand your world. What is it for you? Write it down. Whatever God speaks to you right now, maybe it's a personal move in your relationships and you get out of something or get into something, right? Or maybe it has nothing to do with that. Maybe you say it's a personal move about a decision I've been holding off on at work. It's time for you to make that decision. What is your decision? What move are you supposed to make? Maybe it's to go back to night school. Maybe it's to complete school. Maybe it's while you're in school, actually go to school and take it serious while you're there. And actually study. Whoa, that's a crazy thought. Actually do what you're supposed to be doing all along. If you begin to do that, that one move is bold nowadays because so many people are not doing it. I want to challenge you with something. Guys, I'm going to tell you a little secret about Americans. I want to tell you something. that This is kind of unpopular, but here's the truth. You ready? Americans, they're lazy. (laughs) I don't know if you knew that or not. So if you just begin to apply yourself, you will will immediately leapfrog half of the people in whatever it is that you do. I'm dead serious. If you will just simply apply yourself, it's amazing what you can accomplish. I want to challenge you, what is your one personal bold move you're going to make now? Then here's the bold move we're going to make as a church. Now for as, a ch- as a church, I want to challenge everyone that can hear my voice with all campuses this week to invite 10 people to church. You're like, there's no way I could do that. You could do that within 30 minutes. Easily. You could just, you could just start texting and invite 10 people in five minutes or less. But yet, we, we will text people for all the other dumb stuff. Hey, hey, what's up? <laughs> Nothing. What are you doing? Watching Netflix. I mean, what are we texting about? Nothing. Take the time to use your influence, your connections, to reach out and invite someone in to church. I want to challenge you to invite at least 10 people. And go ahead and write down 10 names right now. Please do that. All of you, would you do that right now? Write down some names. Come on, come on, come on. I do see you writing. Come on, start writing. Come on. Start writing some names down. As God speaks to you about who to write down, God will tell you, who to reach out to. I want to encourage you to do that. Just start writing down those names. One of my favorite stories is one of the greatest evangelists I've ever personally known. I mean, she, she's amazing. Her name's Gobby. Gobby's with the Lord now. I will tell you this right now. I've saw Gobby Humple bring more people to this church than anyone in the history of our last 20 years. I'm not kidding. She would bring a row of people to church. It was like she knew, I'm not kidding. It was like she knew she had a short time. I mean, it's crazy. She died way too early, but I'll tell you. It's almost as if she, I don't know, it's crazy, but I felt like she knew or something because she had this this desire and this drive. She knew, I got to get as many people as I can to hear the truth of Jesus. Will you think like that too? Will you make a decision today to say, I want to be like her. I want to bring my friends and family to hear about the truth of Jesus. Now, you say, I don't know the words to say. It's hard for me to do that. Here's the words. Let me help you. You ready for this? Here's the words. Hey, You want to go to church with me? I know it's super complicated. I know it's super theologically deep, but try it right now. Turn into your neighbor right now and just say, hey, you want to go to church with me? Come on, right now, just try it. I think you can do it. You're like, wow, it's so many words to remember. I don't know. (laughs) Write it down if you need to. Hey, you want to go to church with me? (laughs) Invite your friends at work. Invite your buddies on the street. Yo, Kool-Aid, Roro, come to church with me. It's all right. You can dress with all that. I'm fine. Just come to church. We're cool. It's all good. I want to challenge you to invite anyone and everyone you into church because everyone deserves an opportunity to know about Jesus. Friends don't let friends go to hell. It's that simple. I want to challenge you to invite someone to church this weekend for our brand new series, The Devil Made Me Do It. Don't miss this series. Now, guys, I I want to just shoot straight with you straight up. God's been moving all weekend. Let me tell you why. It's because of this next verse. Because this next verse shows you God ain't playing around. I just want to tell you, as I've been studying the Psalms, I've been blown away because it, it's, it's given me some insight into David and his relationship with God. Can we all agree that David did some great things? He had some amazing exploits. We can also all agree, if you study David, he also did some pretty stupid things, right? I mean, he made some big mistakes, but yet God still used him. Isn't that good for all of us to hear that? Like, maybe I have a chance too then, because David screwed up royally, literally royally he screwed up. But then also, he did some amazing things where God used him powerfully, even before the screw up, and even after the screw up, God still used him. Isn't that nice to know that? It means God's not done with you and me. But what David teaches us in this next verse blew my mind when I study it. And I'm going to be honest with you: before I share it, it's not popular. What I'm going to say next is just—it's just not popular in our culture. You just got to know straight up: this is going to fly in the face of almost every church you could ever attend. It's going to fly in the face of what you hear from people about God. But this is the truth. We live in a consumer religion society that basically says, if I didn't like what I heard, I'm leaving. If I didn't like the worship, I'm out. Some of you say, well, I didn't really like the worship today. I'm sorry. It wasn't for you. It was for him. It wasn't for you. And if it wasn't, you didn't like it, that means you weren't participating. So he may look at you and say, I didn't like how you worship today because you didn't honor me, the Lord. So we have to put the Lord first, right? And so, but let me tell you something. We have gotten to the point in our culture that we think somehow that Jesus gave us suggestions. He didn't give you suggestions. He gave you orders. He gave you commands. And please, I just think it's ridiculous that we think we have a choice. No, Jesus said, come follow me. He didn't say, come follow me if you're feeling like it. Come follow me if it's convenient. Come follow me if it works out for you. Come follow me as long as your friends and family are cool with it. didn't say that at all. He said, come follow me. And last time I checked, there's all young men that were in their fishing gear working for their parents in the family business, expected to take the whole thing over. And they literally looked at all their gear, looked at their dad, and sat it all down and said, Sorry, dad, I gotta follow this guy. And they left everything and followed Jesus. That is the boldness that Jesus wants you and I to have. Come follow me, period. Now, let me say this some of you guys are already Christ followers. David already knew the Lord, but David made some big mistakes. And David speaks of how God handled him. And guys, this is where it gets really unpopular, but this is the truth of God's Word. Last time I checked, you guys want to be a people that are different. You want this year to be different. But here's how you really make the year different. you got to see God differently, frankly. And this is the side of God that most people don't like to talk about, but it's right here in Scripture. Check it out. Psalm 7, verse 12 says this. If a person does not repent, God will sharpen his sword. He will bend and string his bow. He will prepare his deadly weapons and shoot his flaming arrows. So we don't talk about this in church. But God says, hey, David, you need to get right with me right now. Lord, I don't want to do that. I want to do my own thing. He says, are you sure about that? As he pulls out his arrow, as he pulls it back, the string on this bow, and he says, David, you sure you want to play it like that? Do you know who I am? you know I'm the God of the universe? you know I'm a holy God who's offended by your sin? Are you sure you want to play it like that? See, we don't hear about this much but I think one of the reasons why David obeyed God so much is because he was literally fearing God. To fear God means understanding that God loves me and He gives me grace. But God, like a good parent, is not afraid to wound me. If I'm not obeying Him, my parents are in the room today, and I love my mom and dad. I want to say something about my dad. I love him dearly, but I would say something. As a kid, I was fearing him also. How many of you guys know what I'm talking about with parenting? We don't talk about this in today's culture, but I knew. I obey dad, because if I don't obey dad, my world can come to an end very quickly. (laughs) Make us know what I'm talking about. You see, you forget this about your heavenly father, but your heavenly father says, I want you to understand something, David. I love you, and I've blessed you more than any man in Israel, but I will take you out if you want to mess with me. And he pulled that arrow back, and I I wonder if someone can relate to this. I wonder if there's times that God pulled that arrow back, that flaming arrow, and I wonder if God aimed it right at you but the loving God said, you know what I want to do? I just want to warn you. And I wonder if some of you guys have felt that arrow fly right by you. That's God saying, next time I won't miss. See, God doesn't miss. He intentionally let that arrow just graze you. Oh, man, that, that could have gone straight in. I just, I just felt that go by me. I just felt the burn whiz by me. But God may be saying to you, he says, next time you mess with that, it's not going to go so well. You keep going back to that relationship, and built into the wrong choices are the consequences of our sin, the Bible says. God doesn't choose the consequences at that moment. They were chosen before the world even began, and you were even born. And so you need to know, if you do that, you're not the exception. If you do that, you will get burned. And so God may be saying right now to you, I love you enough to warn you, and I will give you a warning shot, because I care for you, and that, that blade may go right by you, but next time, it'll pierce. See, this is what we don't talk about in church today. Here's the truth of it. The truth of God's Word says this. Your next year's not going to be better because you say, I'm going to try harder. I'm going to be more positive. I'm going to be full of faith. You can be full of faith, try harder, and be positive. But if you don't repent, nothing happens. you got to be broken before God. See, there's something about the Scripture you got to get a hold of in your spirit. You see, David threw himself before the Father and said, God, I have offended a holy God. Please, God, I'm begging you, put your arrow away. I get it. I'll obey you. Today, right now, across all of our campuses, I'm going to ask everyone to stand. Because we're entering into a holy moment. Because God's not playing around. He's not messing around with us. You say you want a better year? You want it to be different? It begins with repentance goes on to say this in scripture. It says, the wicked conceive evil. They are pregnant with trouble. Is that you today? Have you made some decision? You are pregnant. You're about to give birth to a big problem because of what you've chosen to do. Maybe there's a little plant coming up because we didn't realize we were planting seeds by our actions and we don't like that plant. Oh, I don't want anyone to see that. And we start to kick dirt on it, trying to cover it up. I don't want anyone to see that. You planted it, man. What do you think was going to grow from that? How do you think that was going to turn out? Look, you get you do drugs, it's just a matter of time till you're addicted, that you're having to go to rehab in 12 step. That's what happens to people who do that. You don't casually just have fun with it. No, you become an addict. Quit playing around. God's just grazing you right now, saying, I'm trying to help you, and I hope this graze hurts enough to stop you. Because the next time it's coming right at you. God's warning you, saying, you, you, you come to church and you, you say you honor me, but then you, you and your girlfriend or boyfriend go and sleep with each other on Monday when you honor me on Sunday. Yeah, I'm just going to graze you today, but the next arrow's coming at you. See, so you, you, I've been singing worship songs to God all day, but then you curse, you curse God and curse others the next day. What do you think happens if you do that? Look, you can be all spiritual in church and hold your wife's hand, but if you're flirting at the office the next day, don't expect God to bless you. That arrow may be whizzing right by you and God's saying, did you feel that? I hope you did. Because if you really feel the full sting and the weight of what you're doing, it'll pierce your soul. It'll pierce your heart. God is warning his people today. Do you want to live a life like David? Fear God like David did. Repent like David did. Serve God like David did. And then you'll get the results that David got. Everybody wants David victories. No one wants David's sacrifice. We got to be the people of God today. And so I want to challenge you. In fact, forgive me. I want to command you in the name of Jesus to come to this altar and repent before God right now across all of our campuses. You come forward and you repent before a holy God and admit what's going on. God, I have sinned in your face. I have sinned. I knew what I was doing and you even warned me and I still did it. God, it is wrong. I have offended a holy God and I can't ask for your blessing if I'm offending you. So I give you my all, God. I repent before you. I can't be a man of God or a woman of God if I'm not honoring you. And so, just like David, I recognize your bow is loaded. I don't want that, God. I know you can take me out anytime you want. I fear you, God. Oh, God, please don't let me make another foolish move. I fear you, God. God's not out to get you. If He was out to get you, He never would have sent Jesus. The Bible says that He wounds those He loves. Have you ever seen a coach with a gigantic athlete on the side of the court in basketball and he is ripping that guy? I mean, yelling his heart out to this gigantic six foot eight monster that could destroy that coach if he wanted to. And that coach, he's just like, don't you ever do this and blah, 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 blah. And you're just going at him. And what's that young man doing that's so huge and he's just going, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir. And you ever wonder like me, like, why is he taking that? And then it hit me, I don't know why he's taking that. Because that young man knows this coach is a producer of champions. If I will listen to him, he will give me access to the court and help me go to the next level. So I'm gonna shut my mouth, humble myself and say, yes, sir, yes, sir, we're gonna need to change. We're gonna need to do it differently because he makes Hall of Fame players. He makes championships. Your God is going full coach mode on you saying, how dare you sit here and act like I'm gonna give you access to the court and act like I'm gonna give you access to all my wisdom and you're gonna blow me off. I'll sit your butt on the bench and I'll move on. Jesus would call out cities and he would go to them, and when they wouldn't listen, he would say, What to his disciples? Wipe the dust off your feet. Render them irrelevant in history because they ignored me. Do you want that? Or do you want to say, God, I humble myself. You're coming at me strong, but I know that a good coach screams aloud at the player he loves the most. So, Lord, I receive it. I take it in. You're right. Yes, sir. I'll make that change. That's not going to happen again. I get it. I'll be a team player. It's not about me. It's about the team. It's not about me. It's about your wisdom. I understand that you know what to do with me. And so I, I put myself in your hands. Do whatever you want. Yes, sir. I'll do that. And then coach says, all right, I'll invest in you. I'll show you how far we can take this. When well, you get humble. Humble yourself before the Lord. Come to altar. Come to the altar now. Oh, what a saint, Isn't he wonderful? Let him know, God, I'm sorry. I have offended you. And you love me enough to warn me. I felt the grace. The arrow. For
1: he is Lord, worship Him.
0: Sing them, Church. Christ is All campuses, worship the Lord right now. Oh, what a Savior! Isn't He wonderful? Tell God you're sorry. something, something broke in the spirit, and the kingdom of God is advancing, and violent men will not stop what God is doing right now in your heart and in your life. You just advanced, church, because you gave Jesus your heart and said, all I have is yours. I fully repent. Please, God, don't remove your presence from me. Please don't remove your anointing on my life. And when you say that and you recognize that we're the desperate ones and quit making it sound like he's a desperate one begging for us to do something for him, we say, God, please don't wipe the dust from your feet and walk from me. I'll honor you, God. I'll honor you. I'll honor you. And look what God has done. Look what God has done. He's renewed you. He's refreshed you. Because the same one he wounds, he heals. The same one he wounds, he heals. Right now, your healing has begun. Right now, your new year has really begun. And right now, you're gonna see new results because it's no longer just you, it's you and Jesus walking together, honoring him, a man and woman that's repentant, has got the power of God in them. And that's you. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, church. You may be seated. Let's give our band and all of our bands a hand right now across all of our campuses. Aren't we blessed to have great worship leaders? Thank you, guys. Thanks so much. Wow, 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 wow. God is up to something much bigger, right? Can you see it? Can you sense it? Do you believe it now when I told you it's going to be different? It's going to be different? God's doing something fresh. He's doing something new.